I'm Alan Hall, president of WeatherGuard Lightning Tech, and I'm here with the founder and CEO of Intel Store, Phil Tataro. And this is your Newsflash. Newsflash is brought to you by our friends at Intelstore. If you need actionable information about renewable projects or technologies, check out Intelstore at intelstore.com. A new breed of traders is upending Europe's energy markets, making huge profits from the region's transition to renewable energy. In a Bloomberg article, uh, they go on to note that anonymous firms in Denmark are using computer algorithms, weather data, and meteorological know-how to trade electricity contracts. So recently, when fog set in over Eastern Europe, uh, reducing the solar power generation, the traders' uh, computers snapped up some contracts, betting correctly that the short-term electricity electricity prices would spike in Hungary, and they made millions of dollars from just a few minutes of price swings until the fog lifted. Now, uh, Phil, this is really interesting because they're up in Alberg and Aarhus, Denmark, and their offices uh, with a bunch of computers, evidently, and trading on the electricity market. So it has wide ramifications in terms of money exchange and, and what the average citizen is going to pay for electricity if you have traders with that sort of technology attacking the market. And this is not very different than what Enron was doing, right, back in California days. Sort of, but it's, I mean, I would actually say it's more equivalent to what you see happening with energy traders in, you know, the ERCOT market in the United States or, you know, uh, other places in the world where they have a pretty well-established, um, you know, wholesale market. Um, this is kind of I'd classify it as a new breed only from the perspective that, again, I mean, you already have like some of the same companies like Dunst Commodities or RWE or Centrica already have energy trading houses, um, you know, and it's how they they balance their their own generation and, and power offtake. Um, but a lot of these companies are kind of coming in, like you're saying, and they're just using like weather prediction and, you know, algorithms and things like that to to try and kind of work the market as much as they can. Um, I don't know. It's, it's interesting because at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's capitalism at its best, I guess, but it, it is probably going to end up being bad for consumers, uh, both, you know, residential customers and um, uh, corporate power off takers, because, you know, most of the time, while you can lock in a fixed price contract, the overwhelming majority of projects throughout Europe in general are not necessarily on a fixed price power offtake contract, for especially for renewables, wind and solar, um, and even battery storage. So it's, it's going to be interesting if the EU decides to start regulating. Even Denmark has even suggested that they might try to clamp down a little bit on this. And um, the the traders weren't that happy about you know saying hey you're gonna you're gonna take all this uh, you know food off our table but they I think it was twenty in twenty twenty two they made something like five billion in revenue um, collectively these these energy traders so I I think they're they're doing okay over in the east coast of the United States Equinor and BP are going solo in the U S offshore wind market after deciding to terminate their fifty fifty joint venture. The former partners have agreed to swap assets uh, related to two major lease areas off New York and Massachusetts. Equinor will take full control of Empire Wind projects near Long Island, and while BP assumes so ownership of Beacon Wind developments, Equinor will also acquire BP's stake in 
a key New York wind terminal. So this has implications, Phil, financial implications as these two split up. There's a lot of losses that are going to be booked. There are. Um, but in the long run, this may end up working out because I think the, you know, the re- normally the reason why companies get together on a project in the first place is to kind of split the risk and cost reduce um, from from that perspective. I think the impetus for this is wanting to go their own way on each of these project phases offers them the opportunity to kind of individually bid um, a certain amount of capacity back into the New York uh, auctions, as well as find alternative project partners moving forward, which they were going to probably presumably do anyway. Um, you know, it's if you've seen what a lot of companies have done throughout Europe, uh, the UK and, and Germany, Holland, um, Belgium, th- a lot of older projects have now brought in a new investor. Uh, into that project with either a 25 to upwards of 50% stake. So it's probable that, you know, once the project got, you know, into final investment decision and and started getting built, that they were going to probably announce some type of partnership to to um, come in as as an investor to to take some of this, uh, you know, some of this ownership stake off their their hands. Um, but I think, again, this probably goes back to wanting to individually bid um, each project phase with the New York auctions, which, uh, based on what we're seeing in terms of price indications, they're going to be up from $120 a megawatt hour, which were the PPAs they pulled out of, to somewhere in the range of about $170 per megawatt hour is, is what they want to be able to bid. Germany energy giant. RWE saw strong growth in its renewable business uh, drive up overall financial results in 2023. The company's onshore wind and solar division increased earnings by over, sit down, Phil, 50% to 1.25 billion euros. That's a lot. Uh, A key driver was RWE's $6.8 billion acquisition of Con Edison's clean energy assets in the U.S., expanding its uh, American solar and wind portfolio to eight gigawatts. Uh, new projects commissioned also contributed to the growth. Additionally, RWE's trading unit, which handles energy procurement and financial services, boosted earnings by over 35% to 1.58 billion euros. Man, Phil, RWE is on a streak. Right. And like we just talked about, I mean, the contribution that the energy trading business made is is probably not really surprising when you get that sophisticated because um, keep in mind that RWE has the experience with conventional power generation, uh, energy and electricity trading over in Europe. Um, they've now kind of established that capability in the U.S. as well. Um, and, the, you know, they're seeing uh, a pretty substantial uh, returns for that. But operationally, what's what's interesting about them is that they very, um, they've been very measured, I guess you could say, in the approach that they've taken. They haven't gone whole hog into, um, you know, potentially risky markets like the U.S. offshore wind segment. You know, um, they're, they're, you know, whatever their involvement is with, with U.S. offshore wind, they're, you know, California in particular, they're, they're doing it at a, a fairly measured pace. Um, and the same can be said for, for the rest of the world where, where they operate um, and the markets that they're even looking into. So. Um, you know, they have been doing very well, and it's been 
mostly as a result of them getting back to fundamentals and making sure that uh, inflationary pressures were kind of baked into their financial models. Uh, and I think that's had the, the biggest impact for them. Spanish renewable energy company EcoEnter is entering the Greek market with a 300 million euro investment in wind and solar projects. EcoEnter's Greek subsidiary has obtained permits to develop 350 megawatts across 10 facilities. The first projects moving forward are a 42 megawatt wind farm and a 50 megawatt solar park with construction starting in late 2025 for grid connection in early 2027. The additional eight solar plants totaling 272 megawatts have permits and can begin building in the first half of 2026. So, wow, uh, the Spanish renewable company entering Greece. That's interesting. Maybe also from the perspective that besides the Iberian Peninsula, where, of course, they have you know some, some asset ownership, um, they do have offices in Poland and Romania where... Um, they do have some, you know, at least partial stakes in, in some projects there. Uh, Greece is an interesting market because while it's been a bit challenged um, in terms of getting environmental and other permits to build projects, uh, it, the market seems to be opening up a little more. And uh, they obviously think that, you know, with this 300 million euro investment, they're planning on building about 350 megawatts um, worth of projects. So, you know, that's a pretty... Um, good amount to to get in, although it, presumably they're going to get some project partners to to fill in some of the the rest of that capex gap. But uh, but yeah, I mean that's it's a good move seeing a, a company that is regionally focused expand that uh, expand that scope. That that's always a good thing for the industry. 